Hey everybody, it's John. Just a quick note about today's show. We got a little confused when we were talking to Katie about the book that she was part of as opposed to her website. The book title is actually Latinas Rising Up in HR. That'll be in the show notes. The hashtag for the book giveaway, everything else stays the same. But again, the book title is Latinas Rising Up in HR. Enjoy the show. We'll see you soon. Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 153. John and Wendy talk to Katie Lopez. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I'm well, and it is incredibly hard to believe we are at the end of the month. (laughs) Wow, yeah. This entire month has been sponsored by our friends at the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs and Organization and Development And we want to thank them once again for sponsoring the month and for sponsoring a special episode. Really appreciate them taking part. Again, it was a very different sponsor for us and (laughs) appreciate all of you that have listened to that show. Continue to check them out if you're looking at those types of programs for for advanced studies. Wendy, I was talking to our pal Paul alone last week and Paul told me that he decided, along with some of our other friends, they're going to be doing a pop-up roundtable in late February that I wanted to mention briefly. That is going to be awesome. I'm I'm excited about it. He was uh, sharing it a lot at the last chat, so hopefully he'll continue to do that so people can get the link. Yeah, some, some great folks are going to be involved with that. For those of you that know Paul, he goes by the HR philosopher, and he is big into stoicism. So he, along with Carlos Escobar and Olga Peeler, are going to be having a conversation about the book, The Obstacle is the Way. Eric Kershot, all these folks are HR Social Hour alums. Eric's going to be moderating that panel between Paul, Carlos, and Olga. Now, that event's going to be on Thursday, February 25th. It starts at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll have a link in the show notes to register it as a free panel. If you're looking for something a little different, it's not for credit. It's just something to see (laughs) our friends talking and a conversation about leadership and turning trials into triumph. I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. I do, too. And, you know, it's kind of nice to step out of our comfort zones and um, learn about something that maybe isn't for credit. You know, we don't have to get credit for everything. Very true. Very true. So again, put it on the calendar, February 25th, one o'clock Eastern time, 12 o'clock central. We'll have a link in the show notes to register for that event with Paul, Carlos, Olga, and Eric. I'm excited about tonight's guest, Wendy. I know you've had a chance to spend some time with Katie. Look forward to this conversation. Without further ado, let's make the introduction and get started. Yes, I am super excited to welcome Katie Lopez to the show tonight. She is a bilingual HR anthropologist with over 10 years of experience in corporate, midsize, and startup organizations. Currently, she serves as an HR generalist in the manufacturing industry for a diverse, multi-generational workforce in Illinois. Recently, she launched her blog site, Latina in HR, a space to share her stories navigating a career in human resources in the effort to encourage aspirational Latinx leaders to pursue HR as a career. Well, Katie, welcome to the show tonight. We are so excited and I'm pumped to have another conversation with you. But our first question always is, what is in your glass tonight? Thank you, Wendy. So glad to be here. I have finally cracked open my cider, Muzzle of Bees. It's Ooh. a local cidery in Chicago. And John, I know you're you're a beer man. I got to keep it a little light this Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Muzzle of Bees. That is awesome. What a great name. It is Wilco approved. (laughs) 
Katie, HR anthropologist, that's a first for the show. I think it's fair to say. Tell us, you know, how exactly did you get your start in HR and what exactly is an HR anthropologist? I actually first obtained my bachelor's in anthropology from San Francisco State. Officially was trained more in anthropology. So everything from cultural, linguistics, biological, that background is what I had. But I realized I didn't want to work for the government <laughs> in research. <laughs> and so I decided to just kind of get some working experience while living in San Francisco until I figured out where was I going to take my path and how could I apply anthropology. In one employer where I was exposed to a promotion, it actually led me to a I guess to a training opportunity where I actually was first exposed to the learning and development side of HR. And because of that connection, I was very intrigued about the opportunity to create a career path in human resources, which has so many facets. Uh, it could be anything from, you know, employee relations, benefits, training. And I wanted to explore that a little further. So HR sometimes is so much about the compliance aspect, you know, how do you protect an employer? How do you make sure that you're looking out for your employees? But blending HR and anthropology has really been more from the perspective of any organization is a culture, it's a team setting. And so instead of making sure that everybody fits a single box, it's more about understanding how do you get people and teams to cooperate together? How do you create more efficient systems to make sure that you're getting the best revenue for everybody involved? I like that idea of making sure people, not that they fit, but how, and, you know, keeping them, trying to keep them whole, bring your quote, authentic self to work. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I mean, you can look at it anthropologically just from how does this tribe function? How have they survived in these kind of settings? Look at that in a workplace setting. How has your culture adopted, especially during COVID times? How have they continued to thrive? What are the challenges I've been facing? And now how do you adopt as an organization to all that from an HR side? HR itself has gone through so many changes, and I truly believe that anthropology can influence so much of the HR leadership decisions. Well, in the last year, you've certainly had a lot of opportunities to watch a culture change and thrive and, and how it does that. And I think manufacturing has probably seen a lot of that. Um, you know, you can't exactly send your manufacturing folks home. So what's been the biggest challenge that you and your HR team have dealt with during the last year? Not all the manufacturing staff can go remote. And that's something that we knew from the beginning from years ago, that even if we were preparing for a remote workforce, there was still going to be a gap in communication whenever that time would come, where how would we make sure that there was a minimal loss of communications or translations when it required remote staff communicating with people out on the plant, our essential employees. And so we've had to adopt to a lot of new boundaries of whatever resources we currently have and finding workarounds with it. In manufacturing, sometimes the issue you will run into or the challenge is more of the multi-generational workforce. You have different skill levels, different language preferences. Not everybody has the same accessibility to computers, internet, all that stuff. That's where I've been able to help bridge a little bit more of the communications to get people more comfortable with smartphone usage. And that does require me to be on site, but it also means that I go there with a different agenda, not just to help them complete forms, but also to get them exposure into more of the technology side so that it makes them much more comfortable for future changes coming ahead. Katie, we love books around here and we love having people that write 
particularly the right books on the show. You were invited to contribute in the book Latinas in HR, which was a collection of essays by Latina HR pros. Now, talk a little bit about that experience. What was it like in terms of writing for a collaboration like this book? And then what's the response been so far? Uh, Latinas Raising Up in HR started from a concept by uh, the leading contributing author, Priscilla Guasso. She's the one that took the initiative to put a calling out through social media saying, I have this idea about creating a writing project for different voices of Latina HR leaders, and we want to get different sides of where your career is at. So she wanted everything from beginning HR professionals to specialist roles to experienced HR directors, et cetera. We all submitted our applications. She went through the vetting process, but we actually met as a group, the 20 authors, when we found out we were getting ready to start sending everything for draft review before it got published. In COVID times, yes, it's a little different. Thankfully, it's all online. Uh, We would have definitely loved to have met in person, but everything being virtually just allowed us to move that much more quickly and adopt to the changes. What has the response been since the book's been out? The response, surprisingly, is overwhelming sometimes with a lot of the people that have been reaching out saying, this is kind of the resource I've needed. I've been navigating a career in HR by myself and never seeing somebody that looks like me, nobody that understands my background, nobody that really could kind of put into words what the challenges are that I deal with just to have my role in HR. And so it's been a lot of the natural organic community building, either through our LinkedIn page or our Facebook page. We're doing our best to kind of create more structure to provide an intentional community, not just a space to voice opinions (laughs) uh, into the abyss. (laughs) Much more about kind of creating community and partnerships, because from my perspective, a lot of the HR leaders that are Latinx identity, the struggle that they may deal with at times is just not having the representation where they're going to, but also not having the right support or resources that they feel comfortable voicing those concerns to. And so that's where our community is kind of filling that gap a little bit. Since you have been taking part in the book, it's our show. We're going to be giving away <laughs> another copy, folks. We're going to give away a copy of Latinas in HR. Katie's been kind enough to yeah. share a copy. And here's the deal. I think you all know it. If you've been listening to this show, if you're new, we're glad you're here. <laughs> if not, you're going to be like, John, okay, I get it. What's the tags now? So the tags for this are going to be hashtag Latinas and HR and hashtag HR Social Hour. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. None of the other hoot nannies. <laughs> we don't use them. We don't know them. Those four platforms, use those two tags in a post between now when you hear this and February 12th. If you do that, you get a chance to win a book. Wendy, I think it's fair to say our our, our community loves books. Yes, they really like they free. Yes. I'm amazed sometimes that people, and particularly this is a book maybe you're not familiar with. Here's an opportunity to win a copy. Come on, folks. Yes. Get with yep. the program. Show Katie some love. Use those two <laughs> hashtags. Show us some love too. Latinas in HR, HR Social Hour. Now through February 12th, 2021, you're listening later. Sorry, you missed out. We appreciate Katie. We really appreciate you doing that and look forward to uh, sharing that book. Awesome. Very excited. Yeah. I'm excited to get my own copy, read through it. You know, it's, I think it's one of those things too, to kind of help bring those issues to light so that we can be aware of them and help spread the word. I'm sure this is covered in the book, but let's talk about it a little bit. What are some ways employers can create a workspace for Latinx job candidates, and employees to help them feel welcome and help them grow in their careers? 
good question. I've thought about it a bit. <laughs> and I think it will also have to depend on the role that you're looking to fill. You know, if we're looking at just analytical side of hiring practices, a lot of the roles that are filled by the Latinx community tend to be more in, you know, service related roles. It's not always so much in the professional side. And so if we want to maybe focus a little bit more on how do we support and kind of even out that shift to balance it out a little bit more on professional or management kind of side, I think what would be most supportive is providing mentorship programs. Sometimes these are in smaller organizations where they may not have the structure or enough people to support that. And so if it cannot be internally, it could also be found externally with different resource groups. It could be also as far as providing them management coaching experiences, kind of figuring out who are your star performers who may be in these service-related roles that you would like to see lead people. Because I'll tell you right now, if your business is even dabbling with anything bilingual, if you are seeking somebody to just verify, did this translation look correct? Maybe you need to pause for a moment and think, hey, this is a service we actually need. How do we feel that make that actually happen within the department instead of relying on an occasional translation here and there? Create the opportunities, but you also need to be ready to prepare them for management. I think that's one area where some leaders in you know, the service industries struggle. Um, I know I certainly see it in my organization is, you know, how can we help change that culture of somebody moving up within the organization is good. Just because they're leaving your department, that's not bad turnover. And, and helping those managers see how they can help people progress through. I'm sure that's an area a lot of people struggle with. Hiring managers don't like to lose people, no matter how it is, uh, what the circumstances are. So any advice for helping change that culture to help people move up within your organization? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Are you sure that's for all the advice topic? here? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's you're very right, Wendy, that it is a problem that you want to retain your talent, but sometimes in trying to retain them, you pigeonhole them into the role that they're in, thinking no one else is going to fill this role just as well as they did. <laughs> it requires a lot of communication with the people who will have an influence or say in who gets the next opportunity. Sometimes that's a lot of the work I will focus on. I can pinpoint a little bit more of our star performers and I can say, yeah, they may be your top performer in this kind of group. Let's push a little bit more on their boundaries to expand their skill set to make them flexible in the event that you ever needed them for a different role, different skill sets as the business grows. But inadvertently, through that promotion, I've now expanded their skill set, prepped them for more of a background to help them grow into a different role, uh, either with leadership, with supervisory experience, to just kind of start prepping them early instead of looking at time of hiring. We have this position open. Who has all of this criteria when maybe you could have started building on that maybe a month ago? Yeah, I like that. Do the pre-work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Katie, we have enjoyed something new or something that we've been doing over the last few episodes, and that is crowdsourcing questions. <laughs> Our most recent guest, John Hyman, asks, how are you surviving the revolution? Ooh, <laughs> it does feel like a revolution. <laughs> you know, it's been a heavy feeling going through all of the changes going on in society and 
our local communities, even just personally, whatever challenges you're dealing with. More than ever, I've had to learn how to just kind of slow down and stop reacting to solve the fires that are going on. Because so much, I think, naturally within HR is to help those who are looking for the resources. What I've had to do to survive this right now is make sure I'm checking in with my therapist to remind me to ground myself and to also just kindly tell me, pause for a moment, make that time in your calendar to just really detach from everything else going on. You need it to be able to continue the fight. I think that's good advice to take care of yourself first. I hope so. (laughs) Or else I'm not doing it right. (laughs) With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Bowling Green State University is proud to sponsor the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. If 2020 taught us anything, it's the importance of being agile and open to change. Bowling Green State University is a world leader in providing graduate education to working professionals in organization development and change. In 2019, BGSU launched one of the only professional doctorate programs in the country in organization development and change. Both the master's and doctorate programs are designed for working professionals and blend the convenience of virtual learning with regularly scheduled in-person weekends a few times a year. The BGSU graduate programs in organization development and change provide students with practical skills and help them grow from a subject matter expert to a sought-after thought leader. To learn more about the master's and doctorate programs in organization development and change at Bowling Green State University, visit bgsu.edu mod. All right, Katie, we are back, and it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody actually reads the book, they'll read my story. Um, (laughs) The one question, the one time I actually made that public was in the fourth grade, and I wrote that I wanted to work at Target, just like my mom, (laughs) 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 which did not make my mom very happy. I grew up in a working class family. So I always thought that working in these roles, either at Target, where they would always talk about benefits or cleaning houses like my mom and my grandma did at times, I thought those were the kind of things I had to do. But when I made that actually public in our fourth grade project, my mom was very upset. (laughs) And she decided you need to stop thinking about what I have to kind of align with what you should do. You need to think bigger. And that just never crossed my mind. I didn't know that I was allowed to dream a little bit bigger. So after that, Maybe my mom regretted it because I wanted to dabble in everything from (laughs) photography to designing. (laughs) Katie, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? The book Latinas Rising Up in HR would have never been possible if I had not met Priscilla Guasso. She is definitely the number one I would recommend. Somebody else that I've come across is Derek Gay. He is a diversity and inclusion uh, coach, speaker. I listened to a webinar that he was invited to speak on. Very inspiring, talked about, you know, different ways to look at diversity, which could be tailored based on the organization culture that you have. Do you have a very diverse culture or is that what you're aiming to? So a great message. And I'm eager to learn a little bit more uh, practices from him. Katie, how do you maintain balance? (laughs) Physically or mentally? (laughs) (laughs) However you need to balance. Physically, I try to work on my yoga poses. (laughs) So literally, there we go. Yeah, I, you know, 
I know a lot of people chuck their planners out in 2020 when <laughs> COVID started. I'm one of those people that I, I need to write it down. If I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. Everything goes electronic nowadays. And my physical planner is the only way that keeps me grounded nowadays. <laughs> Katie, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? <sighs> wow. <laughs> With everything that has transpired out of the book and the community that is speaking up out of the resources or just contacts that they want. I think that's what I've been focusing my efforts on a little bit more. How can I just be as a further resource to other beginning HR leaders, not just strictly Latinx HR leaders, but just beginning HR leaders who are probably in departments of one, <laughs> who have a million questions and just want somebody to speak to about it. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Coming to America. <laughs> oh. I love Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's always between Coming to America or Bowfinger. <laughs> okay. Are you um, all hyped up for the sequel? Yes. And I, I feel like I shouldn't because in my experience, <laughs> nothing ever beats the original. <laughs> Especially after so many years. I know. You know, no, I, uh, I hear you. Katie, what was the first concert you remember attending? This is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it was Menudo, <laughs> the reunion. <laughs> Wait, didn't they just, when you turned 18, didn't they throw you out or 21? So how did, was it the, who I'm not sure who got who back was, together? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> was sure. Was Ricky Martin in it? I, no. Oh. <laughs> that would have been great. Lorena Pabonman and flipping out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't always say that's my first concert, but really that was the first concert. Usually what I give people is that my first concert was Carlos Santana. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, is it, I, I think your first concert almost has to be a little bit embarrassing. I That's my opinion, but I, you know, I grew up in South Dakota where you didn't get the cool bands, so. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, what is the last show you binge watched? last show I binge watch was Scrubs. And that's one of those oh. that I will always rewatch. It's short and sweet. If I ever need a quick laugh, I can turn it on. Uh, but I've been watching that as I've talked to a few of my friends who have been working in hospitals or ER rooms. And that has kind of been the show that we watch together just to kind of laugh it out. I like that. That's a good show. Have you listened to the podcast that Zach Braff and Donald... Phase on half. Okay, good. I wasn't sure if it was rude to bring it up here. No, not at all. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yes. Yes, John, I am up to date on all of those episodes. <laughs> I've listened to a few fake doctors, real friends, right? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. I hope to place an order for the onesie soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe you should take some tips on that and create uh, that as a merchandise. Uh, for I don't know. <laughs> we have them for baby, oh for, for infants and babies. Yeah. We do have onesies for little, little ones. I, 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 that may be right. enough. I, I don't know. That might be, yeah. I don't know, That's Wendy. We'll, we'll, we'll talk offline about that a little more. Oh, goodness, yeah. Katie, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? I think people are often surprised, you know, I, I really enjoy long distance running. 
I loved training for marathons. I used to do it a lot more until I had a couple of injuries on my knee, so it's not the same. Uh, but I still like to push myself and test a little bit more for 5Ks or 10Ks. Right now, it's Chicago in, in uh, excuse me, it's winter in Chicago. And <laughs> I'm a California native. As much as I love Chicago, I am not going to run outdoors to test those what? limits. So thank you. <laughs> Negative temperatures with wind chill and snow is just not conducive for running. No, thanks. I like skin on my face. (laughs) So, Katie, full disclosure, I I started my undergrad at Northwestern. Oh, I I lived right on the lake. And I'll never forget my freshman year in April. It was really nice. It had 55, 60, right? And we're running around in shorts and we turned a corner in downtown Evanston and that wind came through at about 40 miles an hour and it went from <laughs> 60 to 20 and oh, it was a, oh, boy. That was the reason I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful campus aside from that. <laughs> Katie, finally, like I said, we're crowdsourcing questions here. Um, so if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would you ask them? Ooh. See, I feel like John Hyman just set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because he's a pretty cool employment law blogger. <laughs> he, he tends to do that. <laughs> uh, next question. What was the best piece of advice you received from a mentor? I like it. Well, see, Katie, that's one that I feel comfortable answering. Most times, right. we, the last few times we've been like, we don't have to answer it. We're, we're good with that. <laughs> it, is a great, it is a great question. And We will certainly add that to the next interview. Really appreciate, I think you'd reached out to to us through a tweet lately, and I think that's where this started, and I'm so glad that you did. appreciate you being part of that conversation. I'm going to assume maybe some of our guests aren't connected with you. If they want to now, which I know they will, how do they get in touch, find the book, all that good stuff? People can find me at latinainhr.com. That is the website to my blog, just one word. And my social links are on there for LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. I've definitely taken a big pause since the holidays, and I will get back into the swing of things, but Latina in HR. Excellent. We will have that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? Best way for the listeners to reach you out there? Best way is always on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. And how about you, John? Well, for the last time this month, we want to thank the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs and Organization Development and Change for sponsoring the entire month. Really do appreciate them being part of our community and hashtag we love our sponsors Friendly reminder, you can win a copy of Latinas in HR using the hashtag Latinas in HR and hashtag HR Social Hour on one of the platforms we've already talked about. No other hootenannies included. February 12th is the deadline to make those posts. And then Katie's going to be kind enough to send along a copy of the book. As far as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. For the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen and share. That's all we ask. That's all we're going to continue to ask. International listeners, you know the deal. We want to talk. Reach out. Let's have those conversations. Katie, really do appreciate being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. Network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 